Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Hello and welcome everybody far and near. Happy Easter for those of you in Christian faith. Um, at five o'clock this morning when I woke up, I was looking at Instagram <laughs> and I saw a Sharon Salzberg post of a Charlie Brown comic and it was uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy and Charlie Brown is sitting there with his head on his arms and Lucy's saying to him, are you discouraged again, Charlie Brown? He's saying, yeah. And she says, you know what the, what the problem is, Charlie Brown? The problem is that you are you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought that was really appropriate for my talk today about what happens when we make a mistake. Uh, because I think Lucy really um, exemplifies the inner critic a lot. You know, she, she's constantly messing with him. <laughs> So, um, yeah, what happens when we make a mistake? And we could be the mistaker, the mistake doer. We could be the person receiving the, the mistake. Um, and it might not even be a mistake. It might be that we've missed something. We omitted something. We didn't think to do something, you know. Um, so I wanted to just unpack it a little bit today. Um, and especially under the the idea of intention versus impact. So if you would, uh, for just a moment, close your eyes or let your eyes settle and just remember back to a time when you were three years old. And you just worked really hard to create a drawing for your mother. You've done a beautiful drawing. And your mother walks in the room and the biggest look of surprise hits her face and it looks like terror. And you, you see her looking at the wall where you've made your drawing. The drawing is on the wall. Okay, freeze that frame. Just notice what you feel in your body. Being that little one that's made a mistake that didn't mean to make a mistake. And now, if you would, uh, think of a mistake that you've made recently. And maybe not the biggest one you've made, you know, you don't have to go there, but just maybe you missed something. So remember the, the situation and now feel that in your body. And is there something similar? There may be a heart racing feeling. Maybe your body starts tightening. Is there a way that you, maybe you're bracing? And where does your mind go? Do you immediately jump to defending yourself or immediately jump to regret? Does Lucy show up and say, the problem is that you are you? <laughs> you know, that inner critic. How do you get caught? What's the 
particular flavor. What is the feeling in the body? Just notice. Okay, and you can um, come back to the room and just sort of shake that off a little bit and notice that you're here. So when we see that our impact was different than our intention, do we turn on ourselves or do we turn on each other? That's kind of the question. And I just wanted to say just a little bit about intent versus impact. I found this cute little thing on the internet. Y'all probably can't see it. I won't even try, but you can find it if you look. Um, and it said, while we judge our words and our actions, while we judge our words and our actions by our intent, others judge them by their impact. And we can cause pain with that, even when we didn't mean to. So our words have unintended consequences in our actions. And whether we like it or not, we're, we are actually responsible for those consequences. Uh, and, and we do this all day long, right? We have an intention and then we have an impact and it's different than what we intended. So when this happens, when we're caught, when we're shaking, how do we return to the place in us that's spacious, benevolent, open-hearted? How do we come back home to ourselves? You know, we know in our chants that we say in the mornings, we take, you know, we, we have a word, it's called repentance, and that's a difficult word for some people, but the chant itself is really beautiful. And it's about all of our ancient and twisted karma, all of it together, all of us. And it's born through our body and our speech and our mind. And then we avow it and we do this together. So we, we say, here I am, just as I am, here I am standing on this ground together. And then immediately after that, we take refuge. And Flint always says that that means to fly home, to come back to ourselves. And oftentimes I don't know what that is, if I'm caught or if I'm shaky. Um, and so I have to remember the chant. It's I take refuge. I take refuge in Buddha. I take refuge in Dharma. I take refuge in Sangha. And this refuge is really a returning to our basic goodness, a returning and a remembrance of who we really are. Okay, so that's easier said than done, right? Because <laughs> when you're in a fight with someone, you're not taking refuge usually, <laughs> or maybe you are. So how do we get there? How do we get from knowing what we need to do to, to doing it, or how do, we, how do we slow it down? Okay, I'm gonna, beg y'all's forgiveness and only do this if it's right for your body. I'd like us to stand up and do a, a pose together. And if you can't um, stand, I welcome you to just lift your arms for this one. So if you prefer to stay seated, that's absolutely fine. Sorry to make you be cameraman today. <laughs> so this is a simple uh, yet difficult pose. Uh, it's called Utkatasana. And a lot of people call it chair pose. So stand with your feet about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Monica knows where I'm headed. <laughs> uh, feet hip width apart. Or you can have your feet together if you prefer. But a nice solid base. Yeah, that's 
And then just bend at the knees and sit back like you're going to sit into a chair. Your arms can be forward if you like, or if you want to make it even harder, then you can lift your arms up over your head. But wherever you are, just sit back and down. Sit back and down, almost as much as you really can. Okay, this is not chair pose. This is fierce pose. Utkatasana translates as fierce pose. So you might already be a little bit shaking, right? And if you need to, you can take support on the wall. But feel this, feel the sensation. Somebody named something. Burning in the legs. <laughs> Tight thigh muscles. Yes. Shaking, anyone? Tense. Yeah, tension. Warm. Yeah, warm. Good. Stay as long as you can. So this is the embodied sensation of what's happening sometimes when we make a mistake. All this right here. But you're strong, you can do it. Yeah, good. And so what happens here? We're caught, right? You might want to run. You might want to get out of this. You can get out of it anytime you need. <laughs> <laughs> we're caught in the self-centered dream here. Like, oh my God, I'm going to die, right? And then we're holding. We're holding to the self-centered thoughts. Whew, feeling it. <laughs> you can come in and out, it's okay. You may be getting red in the face, I am. <laughs> this is hard, right? This is what it feels like on the inside. Here we are feeling it on the outside. And so what do we do? We return each moment. We return life as it is. Okay, let's sit down. Whew. So why do we make us do that? <laughs> Where did you go? Was it like, Jessica, I hate you. What's going on here? <laughs> you know, what, what was it like? I need to get out of here. I need to run. What was, what happens in the fierceness? And then can you sit down? Can you pause? Can you just allow yourself a pause for just a moment? So that's what we'll do now. And part of, uh, part of the pausing is recognizing, right? So Tara Brock, she has her famous RAIN meditation. And the R for RAIN is to recognize. So we recognize we're caught. We're caught in this self-centered dream. My legs are burning and I really hate the, the teacher right now. <laughs> and then we're, we're holding. So it's hard to just let it go. So we hold to these self-centered thoughts, right? But the pause is each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. This is the way that we can pause. Viktor Frankl said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth, and our freedom. So the pause is the really important part of what we can do. So let's try it for just a minute with our breath. And I promise no more difficult yoga postures today. <laughs> so now that your breath is probably a little more evident, you know, you might be breathing a little heavier. Go ahead and take a minute to just notice your breath. 
Notice it coming in and out of your nostrils. Take a few rounds of breath, just, just noticing, is it bumpy, is it smooth? And then the next time you breathe in, just take a nice breath in. Don't make it too deep or strenuous, but just a breath in and then stop. Just do nothing at the top of the in-breath. Just do nothing. And then when the body wants to, let it release the air, finish the exhalation, and then do nothing. Try it a few more times. Letting the breath in and at the top, nothing. The breath goes back out in its own natural rhythm. And there's a space there. Just noticing the pause. It's important here not to draw the breath in too strongly, not to hold the breath, you know, we're not trying to stimulate our immune or our nervous systems too much. It's gentle. But right there within our own breath is the key. And as a reminder, there's a pause. Another potent practice is practice of naming, just simply naming the experience. And often when I'm caught, I'm, I'm really working to remember this naming practice. It's very simple, we've probably all done it, um, but it's also very powerful and it's very embodied. I, I was listening to Tara Brock and she told this story about a man with Alzheimer's and he was a, a Buddhist teacher and also a, a psychotherapist. And before, as the Alzheimer's was setting in, before he knew he had Alzheimer's, he was set to teach a workshop. So he gets there and he goes up to the stage and he gets onto stage and he turns around and he completely blanks out. Just nothing. He doesn't remember why he's there he's looking around he doesn't know why anybody else is there and so he closes his eyes and he brings his hands together at heart center and he says confused and then he bows and then he says heart racing and then he bows and then he says embarrassed and then it keeps going like this and it goes for a while and it eventually breathing, relaxing. And then he opens his eyes and he looks out at the audience and he says, I'm sorry. And he's looking around because he still doesn't remember why he's there. And someone in the audience says to him, that is the deepest Dharma teaching I have ever received. So there's something really powerful and just be just pausing and naming our experience. 
So I figured we could practice it a little bit right now. Um, this will be interesting because I've never done hybrid groups. <laughs> so if you don't mind, everybody in person pair up. And if we have uneven numbers, um, maybe we'll sit out on this. Um, and online, uh, who's the monitor today? Maria, Nancy? Yes, I am. Yeah. Hi, Maria. Thank you. Do you mind putting everyone in breakout rooms of two people each? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So when we go to our groups, um, this is a really simple exercise, and we're just going to practice this together. So I'd like us to spend eight minutes uh, and just noticing and naming the present moment experience. So we're going to take turns and just keep it real simple. Um, maybe one sentence, if you can, just present moment experience, like I notice tension in my shoulders. And we're not responding, right? We're not like, oh, have you been to Mayo? <laughs> just, uh, I noticed heart beating, you know, just back and forth like that. And then notice also as you're there, naming your experience, what's happening in the relationship between the two. Maybe there's this, uh, reciprocal resonance that begins to flow between you. Maybe something they name, then, then you experience. Who knows? Just watch and see what happens. So that's it. Just enjoy each other and name the current moment experience. Then we'll ring the bell when eight minutes is up. Maybe we could just spend a minute um, talking about what that was like. If anybody wants to say what that was like for you. I just had so much appreciation for Joel. Because I knew Joel was here. But I, I was kind of lost in my head. And when I was sat across from him, I was just like, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just so grateful because I know that, that I was telling him his, his time here is short. He's going back home there. Albuquerque, and I was just like, just felt all this preciousness for that. Um, it felt like a, a privilege to spend that time with him. Yeah, I realized that the sensations really slowed down. The observations at, at first was bang, 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 and then there was this pause. what happens when I sit mm -hmm. uh, from lots of stuff to but also this is so I heard a talk by Norman Fisher for the for these business people that was in town and he said before you send an email we're not before you send an email take a breath mm -hmm. and he, he repeated himself three or four times <laughs> save us yeah this is before text messages <laughs> yeah. um, i felt um, a slowing down a slowing of breathing relaxation and, and uh, heart connection that grew stronger as we sat and part of the time our eyes were closed so it was this very warm comfortable connection expanded mm -hmm. Um, I, I had a thought in the back of my head, which
which is that um, if I were just sitting by myself, it would be kind of work. Mm. It would be just <laughs> trying to track what I was feeling, which goes much faster than I can cognitively track it. You know, yeah. and that and that seems like a job. Yeah. But just sitting across from Johnny Earth, and, and, and that was calming for me, mm. and and it, it allowed me to make kind of aesthetically joyous choices among the things, you know? <laughs> there was a point where he rested his hand on this Lord's heart like that. And I just think, oh, that's a great image. I've got a really like that hand, you know? <laughs> and uh, that there were there were there were gifts that were just coming from that mm -hmm. instead of me struggling with stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the relationality of it changed it quite a bit. Yeah. Priya? Yeah, Priya. Um, I had a wonderful experience with my partner. Um, I felt something I noticed that was interesting was we both sort of oscillated between naming internal sensations and then um, external things we were hearing or smelling. And so there's this like fluidity to the experience, but still held in a container of where we were. Cool, thank you. I like how you describe that, that interweaving outer and inner. Oh, hi. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, we had three of us. Oh, um, yeah, and um, Two, two of the three of us were having a bit of a rough morning. And so we, um, yeah, we each went around and said how we felt. And we, um, we moved right into the relational part because, you know, the third person and as well as the two of us <laughs> were feeling some difficult things, um, including some of the, those things that the, um, the, um, uh, speaker that that lot you know was was losing his memory um embarrassment shame those types of things so anyway we we began supporting each other as you know and and the how we felt individually was kind of winding down and it became very relational and that was that was just really you know i felt very held i think everybody did so that that was our that was our little group Chris, we have Chris. I um, I continue to be surprised at how much relationship is possible through Zoom. Um, I was paired with Robert Steinbaumer, and um, it felt almost almost natural to say, "Good to meet you." even though that's something I always associate with being in person, but it's feeling more and more normal. And uh, Robert brought a lot of relationality to our time together, more than, more than I did. Um, I, I, I tend to be reserved and aloof, and I I appreciate that Robert did that for me. 
And Chris, since you're familiar with the Hakomi method, did this feel familiar to you, this exercise? Um, it does. I wish I remembered my Hakomi training better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So great to see all of you out there, all of your faces. So something so simple uh, is just a pause and a naming of your own experience. Seems like it's been a powerful little exercise for us. And, and if nothing else, just a little opening uh, together. I think I'd like to end. I was, I was, I had the idea to do one other exercise, but I think I, I think this is good for today. Uh, less is more, right? <laughs> so I, I'd like to end um, with a sweet prayer from Titmahan. And I'm not going to say it exactly because I didn't write it down. It came to me this morning. Um, but it's in when he's speaking about true love. And he says, um, you know, to, to imagine or say to the other person, darling, I know that there are seeds of good and kindness within you. And may I always water those seeds of goodness and kindness in you. And may you always water those seeds of goodness and kindness in me. And so may we all continue to water those seeds of goodness and kindness and togetherness in each other and, and use these little techniques if we need to when we get caught and stumble around in the dark together and keep finding our way together. <laughs>